Welcome to Speak Up Sister. We're your hosts, Jamie and Jody, and we are advocates for women of Christ discovering and using their voices. We're here to support you in speaking up and making vital contributions in your most crucial conversations. Come on in, take a seat. You're in the right place. We would like to talk today about how to take a strong position without exploding. This is a big one. We're headed into gathering time and I think anybody who lives in a family knows that it, it can potentially get intense. Mm-hmm. Lots of different people and personalities trapped together in one room. Yeah. <laughs> Added stressors. Yeah. A lot of travel. Yeah, pressure and fatigue. Mm-hmm. Pandemic. Oh, yeah. An expectation. Mm-hmm. We want it to be fabulous. Yeah. And yet it's real. Yeah. <laughs> real people together. Yeah. Okay, well, let's begin with uh, a scriptural example of a pretty intense altercation between a few people, and we're going to kind of analyze a little bit what went on here and what might have contributed to uh, these folks being able to take a strong position, Mm -hmm. also without exploding, and while actually not only maintaining but... uh, protecting and increasing love in the relationship. And this is from the Book of Mormon, Alma chapter 20. If you want to know uh, where that is, we're going to have a link to it on our website, or you can go to thechurchofjesuschrist.org under the scriptures and find Mm -hmm. it there. Mm -hmm. This is a story about a missionary whose name is Ammon, And he has worked with and befriended and loved a man named Lamoni, who is a leader of a small group of people. Lamoni's father is a king as well. And he's like, you might say the, the high king is they have, you know, small stewardships and, and his father is kind of over the whole area. Well, Lamoni and Ammon are traveling together and they meet up with Lamoni's father, this king, and who responds angrily to Lamoni's consorting with a Nephite. So Lamoni is a Lamanite. Ammon is a Nephite. These are opposing viewpoints and peoples. And mm-hmm. now we have these two guys who are friends. And the king's not having it. So he pushes his son to kill Ammon, which, of course, is a natural response. If we don't want to be with people, we should just... <laughs> right? I mean, it's so simple. Slaughter. <laughs> so the high king, you know, kill him. He's a Nephite. We're not going to deal with this. Lamoni won't. He's Mm -hmm. had this great conversion through the missionary Alma, um, and he says as much to his father and the king, of course, in his affronted dignity, attempts to slay Lamoni, his son. Mm, Yeah. Well, Ammon, the great missionary, defends him, and uh, the king tries again, and Ammon defeats him again, this time injuring him. And at this point, Ammon then starts speaking up in strength and in anger that if the high king doesn't stop, he will slay him. Mm-hmm. Well, the king relents in this moment and offers whatever they ask. And Ammon asks only for a pardon for his brethren that are in prison, as well as, as for Lamoni, that he can retain his kingdom and just be fine where he was. And the king, so he sees this, this high king says, and sees that Ammon, A, won't destroy him, he doesn't, he doesn't kill him, although he has him in his power. And then he witnesses this great love that Lamoni has for Ammon and that Ammon has for Lamoni. And he, he gives them what they ask. 
So then the, the high king invites them, thou and thy brethren may come unto me in my kingdom, for I shall greatly desire to see thee. For the king was astonished at the words which Ammon had spoken, and also at the words which had been spoken by his son Lamoni. Therefore he was desirous to learn them. Yeah, total shift. Okay, so what happened here? What made this shift from anger to attempted murder to <laughs> defense to humility? Yes. Yeah, yeah, wanting to be taught more. I think this is a great metaphor for some of the things that we can do to that when we need to take a strong position that we can do so without exploding. So I, I have found myself in this position more often than I, I would prefer, for sure. I'm not the position of having my life threatened, but in the position of genuinely believing that the only way I am going to be heard is if I explode, that that mm-hmm. is where the power and the influence comes from. Right. A lot of women in our culture carry with them that heritage because our voices have not weighed as much. They haven't counted. And so there have been a lot of expectations of us that we just allow things that aren't okay. Um, So, you know, we can carry around a certain degree of, um, you know, the mix of a a sense of justice and yet the helplessness to, to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but, but there are, this, this is a time when, when women are speaking up more and more and more. I, our, our guest MacArthur Krishna called it a tsunami and I love that phrasing, uh, cause we're, we're really seeing it with, mm-hmm. with the many women that are responding just to the content on this podcast, supporting women in speaking up and saying what they want to say mm-hmm. and need to say. So there are, there are ways that we can go about that, this, that are effective and, and influential. Yeah. So this brings us to Ammon and Lamoni. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what happened here. And the, the first thing when in, in being able to take a strong position without exploding is an awareness of our physiological response. Now, you'll notice that this is probably a theme. You're going to hear this throughout our podcast. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's real. Yeah. It's, it's in a paying attention to what's going on in your body. Sometimes we don't really even know what's happening. And, and if we can step back just enough to determine what our physiological response is, then that can help us make good decisions about where to move forward from there. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So things like tightness in our chest, more shallow breathing. Sometimes I, I notice a tendency toward eye rolling. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm like, okay, response. something's happening yep. in me that I'm, I'm pushing back on something with my body language. But I, I, I don't you know, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can get these words out. Right. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Or another thing that I have noticed sometimes in conversation uh, is when, when my head will just start shaking, like, no, (laughs) or I terse, I I purse my lips, Mm -hmm. like to kind of keep words in. Oh, interesting. Like, like you're actively like, I press my lips together, like, Mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. I know. Are we all making that face now? Are we pressing our lips together going, oh, yeah, this is familiar. (laughs) Darn it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So our bodies can help us 
uh, connect some of those dots. Now, we can imagine what Ammon's body might have been experiencing and Lamoni's in that moment, right? He he was probably very uh, angry and and probably simultaneously afraid for his life, right? But there's no evidence in all of this story that he attacked, either physically or verbally. No. Right? So he managed to remain calm enough to, to control and then divert and repair that whole situation. Mm-hmm. So the first step is to calm yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, in that, that's where this, uh, this physiological awareness comes. If you feel yourself doing something, you know, tensing, feeling frustrated, whatever, what can you do to, to, also, to physically calm yourself down? And this is important because no one else can calm you. Mm-hmm. No, no one, even those who have hurt your feelings, can't calm you. You know, we sometimes have expectations that if someone's repentant or if they're doing things the right way, then they're going to be reaching out and making sure that we're okay. Hmm. But they're not. The reality is in, in any situation, it's up to us how we're doing physically. So then this could go a few different ways, really. Because if you feel a level of physiological arousal that's too much for you to like maintain a state of calmness, then you need to be responsible for removing yourself Unless you want to explode. Right. Or you can practice saying and doing things that that allow you to continue to communicate and take a position um, while you might feel a little bit, a little bit tight or wound, uh, but still be able to communicate. Right. In a way that's that's calm. Because like Jamie said, um, Ammon in this situation, I don't know that he was feeling peaceful. Sometimes we associate calm with peaceful. And, oh, I doubt it. And right. Yeah. There were some intense emotions going on, and yet he kept his cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he defended himself. He oh, says for that sure. he defended himself to the point of injuring the king. So we know that there was, that the emotions are up there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he didn't wait for the king, who was the authority. To be the one to make sure that everything turned out okay. He right. took a lot of ownership there in calming himself, in calming the situation, and directing it somewhere else. So it's just a, just an example of something that we can follow. Now, I'd like to teach you a quick exercise that is that can be very helpful in a situation. Now, whether or not, if you're actively in the middle of something, obviously you may not have two minutes to stop and do this. But if you're going into something that could be tense or if you're reliving or ruminating or doing something, this is a really a great way to just get your body to stop reacting to whatever's going on in your mind. So it's just a two-minute exercise. There's 30 seconds in each area. And the first is that you take 30 seconds to just breathe deeply. Now, I know this is not news to a single person listening <laughs> But we're not doing it as often as we need to. 30 seconds. Yeah, it's a long time. If you can feel like that, Mm -hmm. 30 seconds, just breathe. Breathe as deeply as you can and just let your body relax. For the next 30 seconds, focus on the problem. Just choose one problem. But just think about that problem while you're deep breathing. Hmm. For 30 seconds after that, switch your mind to something that 
always brings you gratitude. A person, a situation, weather, whatever it is that brings you into gratitude, 30 seconds while you're still breathing deeply. And then for the final 30 seconds, go back to that problem and start brainstorming solutions. Or just ask yourself the question, what solutions are available to me? You'll find the process not only of calming your body physically, but then forcing your mind not, on, not to avoid the problem. We're going to look at this problem head on. We're going to do it while we're grateful. And we're going to look at solution-oriented ways of doing it. You can do all of that within two minutes and be in a very different place than you were at the beginning of the exercise. Okay, I want to um, just bring up a couple things. First of all, uh, I don't have a practice of doing this all the way. This is this is somewhat new to me, mm-hmm. but um, I have had some success in uh, when I begin the breathing and and addressing the problem, uh, just in my mind and heart, inviting the Savior to be with me. So that I'm just not stuck by myself with my own fallen ways of, of slipping into bad patterns and habits and, um, and that, and so, uh, for sure, invite him to be with you in this process. Uh, But so, so tell us, Jamie, you have done this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find I do it a lot in my car. (laughs) Okay. It seems to be the time when I'm alone and, um, and And I, you have reflective time. Yeah. Okay. So I tend to do it there. Uh, I tend to do it um, before social things or, or big times. If I know I'm going to be around a lot of people, sometimes I can get a little um, ramped up inside. And I want mm. to be able to just be calm and open. And this allows me to just open up a little bit. The My, my favorite thing personally about this is I have been an on-again, off-again meditative practitioner But I put really high standards on what that was. When I first started meditating, it was never less than an hour. And so now if I don't have an hour to meditate, then I don't meditate, which is silly, if if even two minutes like this. So when when I figured that this was a you know, something that I could do and it just allowed me to to do it without some kind of, you know, great, amazing, significant contribution, you know, it's just or investment of time. It's just enough to Mm -hmm. to let me calm myself down. And gain some clarity. Mm-hmm. So do you use this primarily as a preventative measure? Um, that's a good question. Not always. I would say, well, for me personally, this may not, this doesn't probably apply to, to most people, but I, I can carry, if I'm not careful, I can carry around just a tightness in my chest a lot. I think that applies to a lot of people. Well, and so th- for me, just I can sit in my car and I get going Oh. And I just, mm. it's just a reminder that it's there. I'm, I'm there. Okay. Well, and can I say moving to St. George from a little island in Hawaii, <laughs> driving is a little more stressful for me. Oh, like, sure. We didn't have any freeways there. And I've got oh. all these people that are trying to, there's tons oh, of big yeah. trucks. <laughs> just, and sometimes and even just the hurry. act of driving. And, and I'm a very confident driver. I don't want to give that impression that I'm, <laughs> you know, not as aggressive as the rest of them. But I, at the same time, I want to be you know, 
a joyful driver. I just want oh, to yeah. be able to be happy on the road. And Well, when we drove, of, when we came to visit you in Hawaii, mm-hmm. it's a much more peaceful experience right? than it is here, <laughs> even in little St. George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that, that's just all how it works for me. Mm-hmm. But again, managing the physiological, recognizing what's going on. For me, the deep breathing. Some people just literally counting. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. <laughs> you know, just get it. Just count because yeah. it keeps your brain somewhere else. But something that can stop mm-hmm. the, get you out the, of body, the body reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So the next important thing to focus on when we want to take a strong position without exploding is in, in addition to our our an awareness of our physiological response is just having a clear recognition of how boundaries are working in our life and especially mm-hmm. in the situations that we find ourselves in. I yeah. mean, so just take a minute here and think about when you tend to explode or maybe just think about the last time that you exploded. Or if you're not an exploder person, think about the last time you were just so or you stuffed it you inside, shoved it way yeah. in there <laughs> yeah yeah and it was just boiling inside you uh-huh yeah so what was the context what things were going on um that that led to you ending up in that position uh and and this is important because there is a link there is a link to having healthy boundaries and not losing control of, of your emotions and your maybe even your physical behavior. Um, and, and when we say that, we're talking about that, that shoving and stuffing stuff deep inside, that that's also losing control. That's just uh, avoiding a difficult situation, and, and that comes out sideways later. Mm-hmm. So that's not healthy. Um, ba- and this word, this is kind of a buzzword. A lot of people are talking about boundaries. Um, and, and they can be offensive sometimes because they imply that they're going to cut us off from other people. Um, but, but actually healthy boundaries protect our ability to be able to manage our, our emotions and our experience. So, uh, can you talk more about that then? How, How can we imagine, like, what does that look like? So I love the metaphor of a house. Uh, that if if we just think of our ourselves in terms of a house on some some grounds and around the house is is a fence that that goes around the edge of the grounds and because we are the house we determine who we allow to come inside the gate and how far they can come um, and so you know this can this can be anything from how how close we let a child get in their pestering about the thing they want to um, not allowing somebody even a step inside the gate if they only have things to say that tear us down. Right. So, I mean, it takes all forms, and we, and we have to have them. And I learned this from hard experience of not never having boundaries and just assuming that the best thing to do was just to let everybody come and go and come and go until my my physical body literally couldn't hold the weight of that anymore so that's sure. just not a healthy way a healthy way to live so i love that metaphor because we are the ones who get to decide 
um, who comes in and how far they get to come in. And sometimes, because I'm a woman, that will depend. That it won't always look the same for every person. I might have times when I'm, I'm peopled out. And, I, and not very many people are coming too close because I need some space to get my bearings again. And that's okay. And it could be times when, when a lot of people are coming in and, and I'm in a place where I can handle all the, the, the energy and the needs and, um, and I can manage a lot of that. Maybe if I just share a, an example of how this, how this has played out for me a little bit. So just a night earlier this week, uh, Jeff and I were going to bed and we had had uh, some, some big things come up in the evening that needed attention. Um, so a lot of moving parts and I was, uh, we had previously had some late nights and some early mornings and I was pretty tired. So I was moving to bed early and Jeff and I had a deadline coming up for some stuff that we're writing together. And so I'm getting ready to climb into bed and he's saying, oh, hey, hey, just take a look at this thing. Um, and sometimes when things come up in the moment, I don't think as clearly, especially when I'm spent mm-hmm. like that. Oh, and yeah. so I was like, OK, I was just in the mode of, OK, take care of the next thing. OK, <laughs> take care. So I'm sitting there with this sitting in my bed looking at this writing and I kind of like you talked about Jamie with um, noticing the physiological response how important that is that was the clue to me I could just feel like a burning in my chest I was just mad (laughs) that I was sitting here working (laughs) on this project that at that point was only stupid (laughs) right I'm done I'm done Uh I was so done so that was the the clue to me. So I I did what what I could, but then I think at some point I was even able to say I don't have much in the tank. I'm gonna have to just get to this later. Um, so we I put it down. He kept working on it, and I laid in the bed and tried to go to sleep, which I struggled to do because I was all worked up <laughs> and mad that I started it and mad that he was sitting there next to me finishing it. <laughs> And I was tired. I was spent. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a chance to think, first of all, because I bought myself some time. And and I had a chance later on to say, okay, that doing things that way, even on a good day, doesn't work well for me. I I just, I need to manage my energy in different ways. I need to be able to go to bed peacefully, and I need to be able to wake up peacefully and not sabotage my sleep with too many to-dos and have-tos. And, and, and if that works for my husband, then I, no judgment for that at all. But it doesn't work for me. And if I'm going to be my best self, I can't do that. And so I was able to communicate to him, this is my boundary. I, can't, I won't do projects right before bed at night. I just can't do it. So that, you can't count on me for any of that anymore. Um, which is fine to say. well here's the part that's the actual boundary yeah yeah exactly so I can speak up about it sure and I've done that in in loud (laughs) booming ways it's when we can't follow up what we're saying with healthy boundaries that we have a problem exploding 
Right. And so the work that I have to do now is to not do it. So if it comes up again, I'm just out. I just say, oh, yeah, it's too late. I can't. Right. And just let it stand. I have to mean what I say. Well, if we're letting other people trespass on our boundaries, then we find ourselves too often in situations that feel threatening. Oh, right? yeah. Even if they might not be on the surface. Right. I mean, how threatening is it for Jeff to sit next to me on a computer? Right. Like, not that threatening unless I've just let him get way too close when I didn't have much available at a time that wasn't working. It became a threat. Sure. And so if I can't stand by my boundary, I'm going to end up exploding and somehow believing that that the volume and the power of the explosion mm-hmm. are going to make the change. And they do not. Right. Because you can say peacefully and calmly, I can't work on projects at bedtime anymore. And when you know that means you're not going to end up in that position again because you will hold the line, then you don't have to be mad about it. Yeah. You just won't do it again. Right. But right. That takes a lot of practice so you can learn to trust yourself. And if you're just starting out on this process, there's going to be probably more than just one boundary that you're going to need to start looking at and setting. And it might feel a little overwhelming, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to have boundaries now with my kids and and in this situation and with this person and this husband. And there's going to be a lot at first, but just one at a time and and start and hold it. Well, and in... You know, we're talking about circumstances where we we even have time to kind of sort through some of these things. Mm-hmm. But but heading into the holidays, you might need to take a strong position with somebody without exploding in the moment in mixed company. Right. You know, you might need to say, uh, I'm going to I'm going to back out of this conversation because it's getting personal. I'm not very comfortable with that. And let and actually back out. Even if somebody (laughs) keeps baiting and keeps baiting, you Mm -hmm. just take your stand and move on. Jesus did that all the time. Yeah. He he was a master at boundaries. Mm -hmm. But but they can be they protect us and other people and they can be lived with love. Yeah. So yep. it, they, they don't have to mean necessarily a withdrawal of love. Sure. Right. Good fences make good neighbors. That's the right. so using your house analogy. We can have more love and unity when we're clear about right. what our boundaries are. Yeah. We don't we're not worried about what our neighbor's doing. If when we need to, we can close the gate and have a, just a little time to rejuvenate and get our bearings. Oh, that's terrific, Jody. Thank you. That's a great metaphor. And thanks for sharing about you, Jeff. It's just great to hear your stories. He's such a good sport, letting us use him as fodder for yeah. all of, you know, for all of our learning. <laughs> we love Jeff. Yep. Um, yeah. So again, friends, just think about when you tend to explode and what boundaries are being cl- crossed and then yes. work from there. Yeah, because that tells you, uh, um, that just tells you what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And and that matters. It does. And so it needs it needs to come up. So yeah, just tune into some of that so that you can protect that and preserve your ability to be able to handle big emotions and take a strong position when you need to mm-hmm. without having it go too far that you have to have regrets. Right. Okay. So let's let's think about this again. If we're going to take a strong position without exploding, we need to begin with an awareness of our physiological response. Mm-hmm. And then we need to be uh, clear about our boundaries. 
And that, that then takes us to um, the third area, which is once your boundaries are set, it's a lot easier to get clear about your position, right? And w- what we're talking about today is taking a strong position in, in particular. Yeah. But if you have to say something or, or follow up on something that is really big, then you'll be more successful in taking a strong position without exploding if you know what your position really is. Oh, for sure. And you won't know what that is if you if you haven't already gotten clear about your boundaries. And we're not going to go into this a ton, but there are some some couple of resources that we think can be helpful about clarity. You know what your boundaries are. Let's say you're in a position now with your boss at work. Your boss is you're really struggling. It's a it's a power differential. You're having to speak up and say things that um, that could result in in a real genuine profound impact on your life Mm -hmm. and and so you're going to need to be very clear about what's going on what you don't like about the situation the ways in which you're willing to change what you're asking of other people all of those things will become clearer once your boundaries are set and you're making an effort to think through what's going on in this particular situation Okay, so one, a good place to go, oh, we're just going to refer you to one of our previous episodes. If you want to go back to episode four, um, it was part of our anger yeah. little grouping there series, and we talked about gaining clarity, and we delve into some real good step-by-step ways on how to get clear. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to revisit that in this episode today, but just to remind you that there are some good ways out there, good ways that you invite the Lord into the process good ways that you write down and and ask and clarify, Father, is this what you're teaching me? Or is this what I am understanding about this situation? You're taking into account where other people are coming from and, and, and everything as we try to get clear, you know, before we go into taking a strong position. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is preparatory and preventative. We don't always have that luxury, but a little bit of practice there can help us just to get better about it. And doing it while it's on the fly, if it needs to be. Well, and, and I think this is worth just making a, a little more overt, which is that being able to take a strong position without exploding requires a lot of work on the back end. Sure. Well, and technically not the back end, on the front end. Right. Is It's... The before. Yeah. Yeah. Beforehand, um, getting clear on where you stand and, and knowing what you know about interactions with certain people and and how things usually go down and what is important to you and what you can and can't tolerate and, and all of those things. And at the same time, you know, how, how can you give and feel love while all of this is going on? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so practicing ahead of time, all the time, just practicing good and healthy boundaries in all sorts of areas and safe areas with your children and the people in your own home that you should be safe with, with other good friends and family members. And, and then and then it grows exponentially so that then when you're faced with needing to take a strong position with somebody who is more difficult in interaction with you, you can do so without exploding because mm-hmm. you can trust yourself that you can keep yourself safe, that right. you won't you won't let too much in too close to where you're feeling threatened. Yeah. So your small effort to practice speaking up today is going to bless you in six months. It's going to bless you in yeah. six years. All yeah. of the efforts you're making right now to speak up are helping you in your personal way of being. Yeah. 
So there's another resource that can be helpful also in, in terms of helping you get clear that, that would be worth checking out. Um, and it's a part of the church's emotional self-reliance manual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is pretty new, by the way. So many of you may not be familiar that the church even has this. They just recently, and I want I want to say less than a year um, have have put this out, and certain stakes are like trying it out and kind of seeing how it works. But all of it is out there on their website right now for your use. And it's it's a uh, just go to churchofjesuschrist.org and type in emotional self reliance. You'll get a bunch of stuff online, or and there will also be a PDF that you can download, and, and you can work through all the exercises there if you mm. if you're interested in doing that. It's, it's a, good. It is a fantastic program. But they have some good things in there just on gaining clarity, and most of it is writing things down and and looking at it and practicing it. You have to be accountable to somebody else in your practicing. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting how it follows, you know, many wise therapeutic practices Mm -hmm. in helping. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we end up at this place often Mm -hmm. toward the end of our episodes where the answer is practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Of course, right? Right. right. That is part of the, the the part of the journey here. We're trying to build uh, new skills and and develop reflexes that that are healthier and and smarter and and that allow us to communicate and move in the world in ways that are uh, that honor us and others and practice Practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Practice your boundaries. Pa- mm-hmm. Practice holding your position. Um, I, I wanted to share a quote on this. This is from the recent conference. Dale Renland, Elder Renland, spoke, and he made it just a kind of an aside about his wife. She's been a practicing attorney for 20 years, and he said that she often worked with others who were explicitly advocating opposing views. So mm-hmm. obviously, in a you know, in a law and a courtroom situation, that's going to be the case. But she learned to disagree, he says, without being rude or angry. And this is the cool thing that he said here. And I'm going to quote him. She might say to opposing counsel, I see we are not going to agree on this issue. I like you. I respect your opinion. And I hope you can offer me the same courtesy. So can you imagine how good you get if you're practicing this? And Jody kind of alluded to this earlier that... That once your boundaries are set and you're clear on your position, that you're able to, in the same moment, be expressing love and appreciation for the other person mm-hmm. as you're being clear about what your boundaries are and as you're being clear and about your strong position. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Savior, he also is able to do that. Show forth great love and compassion while at simultaneously keeping and holding on to his boundaries and his strong position. And, and all of this can be wrapped up in our initial analysis of Ammon and Lamoni. And that is that, that Ammon set a boundary. His boundary with the high king was, if you threaten my life, I will protect my life and the life of my friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a boundary that he can have. It's a boundary we all can have. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty simple and clear one. But when, when the king... Even when the king relents and says, fine, if you'll spare my life, you can have up to half my kingdom, like, just take it. Ammon knew what his position was. His position was simply, my brethren need to be released from prison. Lamoni needs to have the freedom to teach his people the gospel. This is the position. Mm -hmm. So even in the moment of 
his personal, quote-unquote, triumph over the high king. He even then wasn't tempted to to take advantage of right. it, to make things worse. Gloat or be the awesome one-up. No. Right. It wasn't about that. It was never about that mm-hmm. because he had his boundaries and he was clear on his position. And and if you want to delve more into Ammon and read the before and the after, you will see that he has plenty of practice in this. Yeah. Speaking up, holding boundaries, trusting in God, reaffirming that relationship, getting into the mess, getting through it, <laughs> going forward. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a great example of, you know, emotional turmoil and positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was a lot there today on taking a strong position without exploding. Uh, but uh, hopefully you were able to see in some of the examples in the discussion that it is completely possible and possible and necessary for you on your speak up journey. That this is, this is what we are headed toward entirely is being able to take a position of any kind uh, and influence and be influenced by and all without, without exploding, without letting it go too far. Yeah. Yeah. And we can. And we will. Yeah. The more we do this, this is going to look better and better over time yep. for each of us. Because we'll be back here next week. That's and right. we hope you're back here next week. And we'll just keep yep. learning another piece we'll and another piece. Yep. Yeah. Oh, thanks, friends. Thanks for Thank being you. here. Thanks for oh, listening. Yeah. What we a delight to be love with you. and appreciate you. Yes, more than we, we can do. say on this little podcast, but we're so grateful for each of you and the connection that we have through this sharing of ideas. Yeah. So have so a great week. Speak up, sister. And speak up. Alrighty. Next time. Bye.